Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the... G'day. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast. The Ashes. And welcome back to the Cow Corner Ashes, the series review where we are going to be looking at the fourth test, the fifth test and summarising the series altogether, as well as looking towards the future and picking our players and moments and various other things of the series. I'm James Hill and as always, I am joined by my good friends, Will Parton and Ian Slat Slater. How are we guys? Evening, yeah, good. Yeah, and good, we are once again joined by the least offensive Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> that ruins my views so are much. <laughs> Very well, James. Evening, James. <laughs> That's on a scale of arseholes. You're slightly less than most, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, so, so I'm just below an arsehole. I'm about a kneecap, am I? <laughs> more, more of a gooch. <laughs> more of a gooch. <laughs> The old Graham. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that's probably the first and last thing that we can say really tonight, Graham, because I pretty much feel like it's not a lot has gone England's way. Um, so I think we'd best start with test four and England didn't lose a test match there. And uh, a surprise, guys? Shock. Probably, yeah. No, I, I said a draw. The weather would interfere. Mm. So I picked that. We we did try and snatch defeat from the jaws of the draw, didn't we? Quite quite well with uh, giving wickets away every every so yeah. often. Um, but you know, yeah, they got they got away with it. I think is the uh, we escaped. But you know, if there'd been a two or three more overs, I don't think we would have done. No, I think uh, well, I said uh, COVID saved that test match for England probably because if it wasn't for if it wasn't for that, Travis Ed would have played. And he'd have scored far quicker than everybody else. And they yeah. would have declared earlier. We would have been bowled out. 
probably at least 10 overs before the end, even with the weather. So going back to the fourth test, England started as they normally do, not really doing too much. Usman Khwaja was brought back into the Australian ranks and started with 137. Graham, good to see Khwaja back in the side. Yeah, I think, um, you know, he's always proven himself uh, when he needs to, but then he has the quiet period. So to get back-to-back centuries um, in, in such an important test, the question needs to be asked, why doesn't he do it? Does he get in a comfort zone or something like that? I don't know. But no, he, he's a nice bloke. He's a, he's a quality cricketer. Mm. Um, and, you know, he hasn't got too many years left in him and it's good to see him, him get the success that he did. So, yeah, and he batted beautifully. Like, mm. he, didn't, he didn't give a chance, I don't think. Yeah, and then England once again failing to bowl out the tail with Stark and Cummings both finishing on 34 and 24 and Lyon on 16. Then England's turn to bat and surprise, surprise, Hamid out for six, Crawley out for 18, Milan and Roots then both falling cheaply. Then the comeback was slightly on, guys. Ben Stokes, 66, and one Johnny Bairstow with 113. What a knock that was. Top knock. Top knock and gives you what Johnny Johnny does, what he says on the tin, basically. As I said, I think way back in episode one, I want him in the side because he gives you that grit. He gives you that. He gives you more than his cricketing ability. He gives he gives the team uh, team spirit and, and and puts a bit of a backbone in there. And and he proved that again, you know, um, both in the first innings and in the second innings, batting with a, a damaged thumb to get mm. forty odd. Yeah, shame he shame he wasn't playing all season. Mm. I don't think it would us all season, all series rather. I think I don't think it would have. Had an, had, had an impact on the overall series result, but I think the matches would have perhaps been a bit closer. Butler, again, failing, falling for a duck. And then Mark Woods, one of the few England players to come out of the series with any kind of credit in the bank with a swashbuckling 39 before then. Australia coming into bat again and Quaja doing the business again. 101 not out, back-to-back hundreds. And then Jimmy Anderson with what will probably be his last action in an Ashes series down under, though never say never with Jimmy um, (laughs) blocking out that final ball. Um, Stokes with a 60 and Bairstow with 41 and also Zach Crawley coming to the party with a nice 77. I thought Crawley Crawley batted well. Hmm. I thought it was the first time, I know Bairstow batted well, but it's the first time anyone had actually come out of this series uh, from England and was positive. Mm-hmm. You, they they did a side by side with him and Hamid. Hamid looked like he was about to tread on his stumps every single ball, stuck in that little box that he's playing and making the playing the same shot every ball, making the same movements no matter where it was. And Crawley's batting a foot outside his crease, you know, sort of taking it to him and showed that, you know, with a bit of, you know, being positive, there was something about you that you can actually go out and score runs and take it to him. And if everyone had taken that, you know, you look Stokes probably played a similar in when he got some runs. Bairstow did well, like, yeah. if people had, um, you know, come out a bit more like that from the start, then it could have been a bit different. You have to go to plan B quicker, don't you? Yeah, mindset, it's, isn't it? He well. back well, considering that there was a lot on him coming into the side, wasn't there, and not scoring any runs. And he probably just took it as a, you know, a, a, you can't lose, really. You know? Yeah. Go it's out my- there and, and be positive. But it was his mindset, wasn't it? It was it's just, yeah. a, and you, you're absolutely spot on. Completely different mindset. It, was, it wasn't a survival mindset that Hamid had. It was 
yeah, I'm going to attack. I'm going to play some shots. I'm going to score some runs here. And, you know, we're in a contest as opposed to, uh, you know, mm. covering up and attacking against defence all the while. But when you look at Hamid's um, action, you know, I, I know absolutely bugger all about that. Um, and people say the same thing about bowling. But, um, you know... <laughs> you, you know you know less than that, mate. But go on. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but he, he's bat is so far away. I've always been told you have to try and hit the ball under your eyes or as close to under your eyes as possible. His bat is... You know, you could drive a bus between the bat and his body. I, I don't know whether that's his, his what, in front, normal style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. So he's just—he's yeah. just playing the ball way, way too. He's got no control over it. He's re- mm. almost reaching for it, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because it—it looks. Remember when? Um, uh, not the last Ashes series in England, the one before, we brought at that eight foot, and we did a lot of the comparison from batting in English conditions mm. to um, you know, compare the two sides, and England were playing the ball really late, like under the rise, and all the Aussies like used to being on faster, bouncier pitches were way out in front. You know, getting ahead of the ball, nicking off with a making late decisions, you know, getting caught yeah. cover, that sort of stuff. It's sort of how he plays. Yeah. You know, a I, little bit like that, just constantly, even if he's going forward, he's so far out in front of that, in front of his pad. Yeah. I think one of the one of the things that Jack, who came on the first couple episodes, was saying that he was saying that his hands are a bit too low for a batsman batting on Australian decks as well, which is uh Again, possibly something coming from a player who probably hasn't had as much experience in Australia. And also, you look at some of the things that's been happening out in Australia, and there have been some questionable decisions about the batting coaching that's been going on whilst they've been out there as well, you know, and you wonder what what kind of things have been told. But then also, kind of how much much can you adjust your technique in in a week or two, you know? And again, it goes back to the whole idea of preparation. Interestingly, with him though, and I noticed this early doors, is that because he he almost looks like he's not really getting any weight into his shots. How many threes has he scored? He plays an immaculate cover drive, and he was getting three because it just wasn't getting to the fence because he hasn't got the of the timing or you know the Did the ball too contact. Early. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not making that contact to. to to give it that and, and that you know that that so I saw that early he was getting threes he wasn't getting boundaries and yeah I, I just think it's it's a shame because I think you know he has got ability mm. but he just he, his technique was under the microscope in, in this series and you know he, he found wanting but it, I, I don't think I don't think he's the first English batsman though to ever come into a series and have his technique found out a little bit I mean I remember <laughs> I remember Ian Bell in the first in his first Ashes series got absolutely pelters. I think he, av- I don't think he averaged much. Them, he, yeah, he was just everything. You know, he was being called what's his name? Germanator. Shermanator, that's the one. Shame worn and had a dreadful series. And then obviously look where he ended up going. And it's you know you look at you look at a lot of England batsmen as well. A lot of them come in to the side. I know that Hamid came into the side a long time ago, and but you find them, you know, they come in and then they get dropped and then work on their technique and come back better. I, th- I still think that there's something to be worked on with Hamid. Um, mm-hmm. But he did, again, he it's, it's his, one of those things, isn't it? For his batting, there was he was injured, broke his mm. hand, didn't he? Mm. So it wasn't like he ever got dropped for, he probably didn't play test cricket long enough for anyone to find him out. Yeah. So now um, he's gone away, he came back, he struggled, lost his contract with his county, he got a new one, you know, sort of 
re- revamped himself for everyone mm. else. He looks like a different bloke, like he's grown a foot as well since the last time he played for England. Like it was mm. it's weird. I didn't recognise him when he first came back. But he's seems to be for me that he's gone with his coaches, trusty technique, trust mm. what's got you to here, and he hasn't looked to adapt. He's gone, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna back my way. Because he hasn't tried to make any adjustments by what I've seen, unless he's just gone through no. his crease. That, that's all he's done. And, uh, and that's, that's okay, that's back your way, if, if, yeah. if, it's, if it's effective. If but, work. And if but, it is working, if it's not, you've got to go back to the drawing board, I suppose. But there's, yeah, it's, it's weird because it's like there's a way of getting out the same way. Like you look at Root, he got out the same way in almost every innings in this Ashes series. Nicked off. Yeah. It was every, every time, isn't it? Do you nick off every single time? No, no, he, you know, how about got, the second one? Oh, he got that roller, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I mean, yeah. it, you got a, but Hamid, he got looked a like he was going to nick, yeah. looked like he was gonna nick off every ball and he wasn't willing to adapt, you know, to make those changes where, you know, you probably look at, you, you look at some of the other guys, they probably did make some adjustments. Crawley's gone and batted out his crease. Uh, Stoke probably got outside the line. Burns might have done something, batted on a different guard. They've all done something. To try and change how it is, you've got to adapt to bat in different conditions. And he doesn't you, look like he did that. Yeah, you just look at that fourth, the fourth test as well with Bearstow's innings. And you look at how he started batting on middle and off when he was batting with all the batsmen. And then as soon as it started to get to the point where he realised he was going to have to start hitting out, he went on to his one-day guard of middle and leg and completely changed his uh, tack and aggression. And obviously showing some of a player who's obviously scored runs in the past, but also isn't afraid and trusts his technique because he's done it before to be able to do something like that mid game and not worry about the consequences. Whereas possibly you're looking at someone like Kameed, um, you know, even though he's been playing cricket a long time when you're playing, I remember we interviewed Matthew Hoggard a while back, like a couple of years ago. And he was saying he constantly felt like he was never, never guaranteed of his place which is obvious because you're in, an England player but kind of every game felt like he was up for selection kind of thing yeah. um and if you're Hamid in that position and you know maybe you do feel like you can't you've got to stick with your guns and trust what got you to where you are whereas kind of someone like Bairstow maybe this is his chance and what has he got to lose and he's done it before kind of thing you know maybe it's something that will come with time and experience that I- you know, we've got probably got to we've probably got to give him. Though. You know, maybe we've got to give him a bit more time than time than he's, he's had. One, but again, he's one dimensional. Like mm. Bairstow plays twenty twenty, he plays he plays fifty overs. He's got three. He's got all the three five gears he can move into. Whereas Smead has one. He's got mm-hmm. one way of playing, and that is it. That he scores, whether he's facing his first ball or his three hundredth ball in, a, in an innings, he's not going to change anything that he's doing by the look. Whereas mm. Bairstow could change up to four or five things in the space of one innings, to, mm, yeah. depending on who's bowling or, or what the situation, what the pitch is, you know, where you're playing. You know, he could change it. I don't think he's got anything else that he can go to as a plan B. I think he's got plan A. If it doesn't work out, he's back in the shed. Mm. Yeah. I, I, there's part of me which also wonders with Bairstow, when you, when you look at him in his career as a cricketer, I think it's very much mirrored England's cricket as a whole he could when he joined the side England were kind of just just at the point where they were kind of on top and kind of at that high level and he's he started performing well and doing tests and then 
the test side started sloping off and the concentration then went on to the one day in T20. And then Bairstow went from this, not really destructive, but a powerful wicketkeeper batsman for England into someone who wanted to then play ODI in T20 and then had to change his game. So became an opening batsman to then go into the ODIs. And then because of that, his test average and career kind of suffered a little bit to the point where he ended up getting completely dropped and then is now focusing on the ODIs and T20s but it's now kind of coming back to that test focus a bit like the English cricket community has I mean I know that we you know test cricket is the the form of the game that everyone looks to and it's the format and everyone's like test cricket test cricket but I mean we can't all deny that for the last few years everything in English cricket has been designed towards the ODI 50 over World Cup and then T20s and being the best we can be and then tests are still going on but I think people could kind of accept it because the process of the World Cup and things were going on and the Ashes, even though we, we lost at home, it, it wasn't great, but it still wasn't the hammering that we've had in Australia. Now the chickens have come to roost kind of thing and yeah. everything, everything's come together as one big, one big melding pot and here we are and we're having to pick up the pieces. But um, moving on... It's the worst to... performance England have done in Australia. Yeah. You're right. Oh. I, 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 comfortably, <laughs> it's it's definitely up there for me. I mean, is it the best Australian? It was dreadful. I, I remember when Flintoff, was cap- Flintoff and Peterson were captains and stuff. That was poor, but I mean, the the pro- I think the problem with this one is mm. there there is so much talent in this side that you could probably put out. Oh, is there? I don't know. Well, <laughs> so we, 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 we keep thing. saying we're a you talented team, it, but they're yet to show it, and they're not. And you know, it's. I don't know. Anyway, moving on to moving on to the fifth test, and Hamid is dropped. Butler is also dropped, and in their places come Billings and Burns is recalled. Uh, Pope also comes back into the side for the injured Bearstow, and also Wokes comes in for Anderson. Holly Robinson came in for Jack Leach. Demol um, spin. Yes. <laughs> So, and, and this time, uh, it started off well. England having Australia 12 for three off nine and a half overs. Broad and Robinson bowling fantastic. It was an unbelievable start, wasn't it? And you're there thinking, a- what, what, what's going on here? And again, it's very much the bowling attack of the standout for England. And you are thinking, in the back of your head, thinking they will need to skittle them here if England are to have any chance. And then... In comes Marnus Labuschagne, and well, eventually Travis Head. Yeah, and don't forget, don't forget uh, the big lad Cameron Green afterwards with uh, came to the came party with a nice seventy-four. Seventy-four, right? And, and to think that there was uh, there was discussions about whether Green should hold his spot, and I said absolutely no way. Mm-hmm. And look at the last two tests; he was phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. He's grown into it, I think. He's, he, he's a young lad. He's still finding his way. A real think, coming of age. Yeah, but I think mm. he's... But you go back to Hamid then, like Ponting, um, you know, on, on TV, demonstrated where Green was causing problems. And Green mm. sat down and watched that and spoke to Ponting and took it on board and changed yeah. his style. Went to and the coaches and got it and got it changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look. That, could, yeah. that could massively change his test career. That could, mm. Yeah, like, it has. It just it just shows that I don't think anyone was expecting him to do as well with the ball as he did. He probably hoped that he might come in and sort of take up some overs potentially. I know he's a good bowler, 
Did you see the photo of him? Did you see the photo of him in the changing rooms afterwards? It was like one of those photos, you know, of the under 12, like you see of under 12s, <laughs> one of the under 12s is six foot already and the rest of them are all still five foot nothing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he's, he's sitting in the corner disgusting. eating peanuts while the men are drinking beers. Was that the one? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's... Joe Root he used uh, Jimmy Anderson already knocking on the door outside, eh? <laughs> but he brings that point of difference because of his height, because of his physicality. That you know, even if he's going to bowl at Ollie Robinson's speed, he's going to get bounce. Mm. He's going to give you something different. But he, but he pings it down at one forty, doesn't he? So mm. you there's know, a lot of tall guys around at the moment bowling around that one thirty mark, aren't they? You look at um, is it is it is it uh, Jansen who's um, South Africa who's just come on? Mm. Who, yes, seven, yeah. seven, seven, six foot nine. Yes. Yeah. Um, different sort of build. Um, Jameson for New Zealand, yeah, very big. All these guys remember, you know, Tremlett was similar, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely rapid. But he was that we mentioned him in the first podcast, didn't we? From the past, like he's it's just if you can hit that length from that height, it's always going to be awkward, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. When it's coming he's out of just got so as well. many, yeah, when he's got so many strings to his bow, but in the field, he's phenomenal. You know, he dropped one catch. Um, yeah. but saved nothing, nothing went, nothing went through gully, did it? <laughs> he just... saved like 80 90 runs, didn't he? In the yeah. field on his own, really, really five ways ways. when he's so massive, <laughs> though, doesn't it? Kind of you, yeah. you're either a liability in the field or you just like go, go gadget arms. <laughs> or to be fair, right. I wonder if I wonder if he can field anywhere else, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was quite interesting. Did you Why see, would you? Um, did you see yeah, just lie him down, you know, like they're having football, uh, football free kicks where they put them behind the wall, just lie him down. <laughs> <laughs> have him lay down and if it goes up he just puts his arm up and what is it called the breeze block or whatever they call it uh, I, don't know, just, uh, I don't know what they call it but, um... but yeah but well interesting because you, you see Boland was fielding on the boundary and he tried to get round to one and completely made a hash of it you know yeah. big fast bowler <laughs> big not fast he's, he's sort of fast medium isn't he but big opening bowler you know mm. damage but he, he couldn't get round round the boundary so oh no Graham have you got your little section in your house dedicated to Bolland yet the shrine's up mate yeah the shrine's up got the shrine yeah. together yeah. <laughs> yeah he um the thing I love about him you know every time he takes a wicket he feels embarrassed you know he's got that little boy grin on his face and he's like am no, I really it. out here doing this <laughs> national you know, hero he's just phenomenal but as Slat says he's filled and he's, he's in Sydney when they got everyone in he refused to go in because he knew he didn't want to drop the catch yeah. so um, he showed a bit as know. well with the bat when they had to block out the end of the day and actually he was getting yeah. and he was getting bumped he was getting gloved and to be fit and he was uh, he got in back straight in line with every single one of them he wasn't like doing the old tail ender backing away he showed a bit and that was aggressive bowling as well. Yeah, yeah that was Woody, you know. Woody at his best, that was. And um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. He showed some spine, didn't he? Mm. Lion I as like well. Did, Lion did all right as well. 31 at the end of the first innings. Um, England come out to bat. And Rory Burns, you've got to kind of feel a bit sorry for him, really, can't you? So I thought he was a bit sold down the river. Um, nah, nah, not at all. Don't agree. Run out for Nortz, then Crawley 18, Milan 25, Route 34, Stokes 4, Pope 14. Billings looked good. Some really nice cover drives. Really expansive. Looked good. Wokes 36, Wood 16. Then, I mean, is there even any point putting Stuart Broad into bat nowadays, mate? Yeah, just, to, just, to clear, just to clear eight or nine down. Yeah, it's fine. 
I just can't believe how you can yeah. go from what he used to do to where he is now. And yeah. when he gets actually like once every 13th innings, he gets a 40 <laughs> where he hits like three fours and three sixes or something. And some like bowlers little, accidentally put it in the slot. Every yeah. ball kind of thing <laughs> yeah. instead of you, you just bounce him or just put it in the block hole. That is literally all. But, but, but the thing is, though, you don't even is. need to block it. You don't even need to bounce him anymore. You no, just, you don't. It, it's just... No, it's like when was the last time Shrew Raw got bounced? He was like, like properly. <laughs> you, know, you don't. Like, he's, he's so worried about it. You, you look at all of his dismissals. Yeah. He gets hit on the toe or on the on the on the front pad. He's nowhere near it every single time. And but he used to like to cross and hit back back foot cover drives through through cover. You know, you yeah. said proper shot. Yeah, so, I'd like just, to hear the stump stump mic recordings. I reckon the the you know Terry's behind the gun. Here it comes, mate. Watch out! Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> he's batting uh, on like minus two, isn't he? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's batting on the square leg on both toes. Yeah. That um, being said, you bring up a, you bring up about Terry. I thought it was quite nice having a wicketkeeper for England who looked like he wanted to be there and was trying to ch- chirp <laughs> everyone along and get involved. And especially when he was batting, doing his uh, imitation of Labuschagne and Smith, which was quite funny, I thought. Well, I, I liked, uh, sorry, in his, you know, first time he was behind the stumps, uh, Jonathan Agnew had to turn off the stump mic. He said, that's enough for now. <laughs> which, you, you've got to love a wicketkeeper who's chatty, yeah. Well, I, I always thought that they just sent Mike off for um for Butler. It turns out it was on the old time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just hey, just going back to uh, Burns getting run out. By the way, I'm going to correct you on that in terms of being sold down the river by Crawley, mate. Just need to say no, okay? You stand your ground. You say no. Look at Kawaja when he was batting with Smith, right? Smith was desperate to get off strike. Played that one to the field there. Started off on the run. Kawaja, you heard him loud and clear. No. Sent Smith back, and Smith just got back in before getting run out. And it was very similar. And I think you just say no. Mm, I don't know. But the trouble is, he's not a confident, he wasn't in a confident place, was he? Yeah, exactly. That was the problem. But, you know, you go back to the basics, don't you? You go back to the basics of cricket. Yes, no, wait. If you're not sure as a non striking batsman, you say no and you stand on your back. I think anyone who's ever batted with me knows that I am. Not the right person to talk about this subject, as I think I've had more runouts. <laughs> than yeah, you're, more, you're, you're more, you're more of a yes, no, sorry man, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just yes, yeah. and I'll go. And the problem is, I don't realise that some of my partners probably won't go as go as quickly <laughs> as I would. Sam Ellis, who played, who uh, used to play for us, is uh, eight. What was he? He was 20, 19, 20 years old, and he had twenty nine recorded play cricket recorded runouts. <laughs> he ran out nearly 30 times before he turned 20 <laughs> wow we were all waiting for that 30th as well <laughs> I had a look, I I had a look at my stats last uh, last season and I'd been run out twice and once was against you guys slats, and then I got run out twice in a row so don't look at your stats don't look at your stats <laughs> speaking of stats I'm just looking at the batting stats now that um, don't, don't make pretty reading for us. To be honest, I think it's quite it's strange because it's it's relatively underwhelming batting stats all round. Yeah, I think yeah, except for head, except for head, and he missed the test, and he's yeah. only and he scored three fifty. And then yeah, he got strike rate's eighty six, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is 
Uh, there aren't it's many. It's pretty phenomenal for a test series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you look. You, I mean, Australia's second innings, England have then bowled them out for 155, which again is another exceptional bowling performance from England. You know, the bowlers really come into the party. Wood, six for 37 off 16 overs. Econ of 2.24 and uh, Broad with three for 51 off his 18, um, doing well and injured. Holly Robinson. I mean, he's constantly injured. Is the lad? I don't know. He just needs to get fit, doesn't he? I think that's well, all. He's, he's, that's other, otherwise, yeah. he's at the risk of Darren Anderson of English cricket. Yes, uh, the Jack Wilshire of English cricket. Um, <laughs> and then England's second innings, the first ever fifty opening partnership of the series for England, and then it all goes. Well, let's just say it, the the rest of the score looks like my telephone number. Um, it don't all, go went, me, don't. <laughs> all went Pete Tong, didn't it? Pete Tong, yeah, and in very English style, and very much. I mean, it was the perfect end to the series. I think you know it's how it should have ended, and it's, perfect end. Well, it but... sums it up, doesn't it? It's if the series was going to end, it should have ended on a complete England batting collapse from a position where they could have done something, and they looked like they were going to do something well, and then. Oh, it's it's um oh what is it? It's the Simpsons part, isn't it? Where he's yeah, it's it's the grandpa and he's there and his trousers fall down and he's Monty Burns and he goes oh Simpson, can you go five seconds without embarrassing yourself? And uh, curse that's the flying hellfish episode. Yeah. Do you want me to call uh, for those Simpsons fans out there? Sorry, anyway, carry on. He he would would know know that, you yeah. know, if you're if you're saying it ends with an English batting collapse, then it ended in bloody uh, Brisbane, didn't it? You know, there was one yeah. every test. Yeah, well, there's two in every test. <laughs> when when, when well, England didn't get over three hundred, yeah. didn't get over three hundred in any innings in five tests. Now that just says a lot, doesn't it? Well, yeah. it, it, we said it, didn't we? It needs to go horribly wrong for them to actually make any changes. You know, it can't just keep going sort of mediocre. Where they think, nah, they'll pick it up. They've got the potential. It had to go really wrong. <laughs> As you say, that collapse at the end, ten for fifty-seven, was it? 54, mm-hmm. it was the it was the worst collapse uh, in Ashes his, for England in Ashes history since 1908. So yes, spectacularly horribly wrong right at the end. Um, apparently that was I heard it on the radio. Um, uh, it's horrific. Does it smack of a team who are already on the plane home? <laughs> yeah, well, as uh, as Graham said <laughs> earlier on, on on the WhatsApp group, you know, with Butler. Would he actually catch the flight? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, they're poor. I, and... I think the worst thing. I think the worst thing that can happen um, for the English cricket. You know, you, you're in. It's absolutely dire. And although I love uh, the Australian cricket team, I love Australia. Um, I love Ashes, I love Test cricket. And for Test cricket to survive, if this is the best that the T One nation can put out, then Test cricket is in dire straits. Yeah. You know. But the worst thing that can happen now is that England will now go off to the uh, to the Caribbean, mm. play against a substandard team, start to win, and everyone goes, "Well, maybe we just come up against a really good team." There aren't that many problems, mm. you know. In regards to Test cricket, though, you you look across and you've got Bangladesh beating New Zealand, you've got South Africa beating <laughs> India, and you know you start to look at, you know, it's maybe it's just England. <laughs> And, you know, the Ashes is a massive part of it, you know, and it is 
for me. I was it was Quasha, wasn't it? He was talking in his interview, and they were talking on the TV about kind of, or it may have not have even been on TV. It may have been on Cricket Australia's Twitter feed or something. Then they were talking about his career so far and his Ashes history and how when he made his Ashes debut and how he hit this pull shot um, for his first runs for four. And he was talking about, he was going, growing up, he goes, I didn't really even think that the Ashes was a big deal. He didn't think anything about the rivalry because Australia just used to win all the time. And then kind of Mm. came up and then only once he played in it, did he kind of fully realise the rivalry? Are we, I mean, with everything that's going on between Australia and India, are we, are we in danger of the Ashes becoming kind of like a second, you know, a second nah. thing, you know, like the Man United Arsenal of the of the day now becoming, you know, the Man City and whoever else is half decent Chelsea or whatever nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> possibly, possibly. No, no but interestingly though, Jonathan Agnew was saying in his um, sort of uh, wrap up of the Test match, he's sort of saying that actually the worrying thing is that does it take Australia to come to England for the next Ashes tour, which is, is it next year or year after? Next year? In the year, year after. Year after. Yeah. Two thir- yeah. yeah. Next year. 24. Uh, no, 23. 23. 23. Yeah, it's an odd yeah. number, isn't it? It's always, yeah. Think about 2005 and, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So, do they come in, in 2023 and then give us a tonkin on our own backyard to actually get something done about what's happening with county cricket. And I know it's a big debate and we don't really got time to talk about that, but you know, the fact that county cricket batsmen are batting like the next ball's got their name on it. So you know, they're out there playing shots and what have you in county cricket and not when bowling's bowling, that could be right. Well, yeah, I mean, but absolutely. So, you know, it's kind of, are, you know, are the establishment going to sit up and take notice and make changes to the program in County cricket to make it more conducive for Test cricket or not? I think I think as well. There's got to be a there's got to be a level where county, well Test cricket just as a whole has got to kind of level itself out as well. I think. Well, to be honest, actually, I think county cricket. Well, I think Test cricket in England is getting a bit easier for opposition sides just because of the standard of grounds where it's draining a lot easier. So you're getting a lot dry wickets. But then also kind of like going back to what. We were saying earlier, I remember when England used to win just every test series at home for a while. And it, it, to be honest, it did get a little bit boring, didn't it? Because it was just a bit like, well, England turned it to turn up at home. We'll win at home. You win at your place. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You do want that kind of that rivalry, that challenge. And that's kind of where the, you know, the best Ashes series have come when there's competition. Same with the, other um, series against other other nations. You know, though you want that battle. You want that. You want that bit of summit, you you know the the reason why football succeeds is because it's constantly on storylines. You know, football in the Premier League succeeded because they wrote everything was a storyline, everything was a reason. You know, otherwise, if you took the whole Mitchell and Webb outlook of it, which is kind of how I think a lot of people see Test cricket, oh, this team's going to play this team. You know, the old Shrewsbury going to play Rochdale in another game between you know another he game on Saturday. The they've he already played. Wide. No, they've played each other a hundred <laughs> times. There's going to be goals and you know. It's and but that's it, that's kind of how people see about cricket. Maybe we need to start creating a narrative that people want to watch the you know, like India Australia has started because of all that kind of intense rivalry that's going between. I mean, is cricket too nice for its own good sometimes? You know, do yes. we need that? We need it is that at the moment. Kind of, 
you know, do we need that kind of element of, you know, storyline drama for, for people to get hooked into it? You know, you know, that bit of someone or something that's going on to kind of get people gripped by it. You know, that thing that, you know, the ashes is there because it's, you know, it's the it's the it's the older brother versus the younger brother kind of thing. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah. I mean, well, look, if you look at Coley, Coley's been berated for shouting into the stump mic that the South Africans were cheating. <laughs> Have you not read that story? Yeah. So, <laughs> but I do think it. I do think cricket's got too nice, and I don't think it's a case of. I think it's filtered down as well because they're doing all of the this policing, you know, in, in the international game. Uh, the one that there was one for me, it was Rabada. He got banned for barely. He didn't do anything really. It was hardly. He said something to a guy, and it's like, I've said it. They're sort of like drilling out characters in the game that aren't interesting. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. robots who go out and play, and they're expected to play at the highest standard with zero emotion. The only emotion you're allowed to show is when you do well. Mm-hmm. And you show, look at him fired up, but what about when you're not doing well? What if you're trying to get into a contest? What if you're trying to get at somebody? That was what was interesting about cricket and test cricket. And that's mm-hmm. sort of gone. Everyone plays and franchise cricket with each other. They all know each other. They're all mates. You know, no one really has a bad thing to say about each other. And if they do, they end up playing in the same side next year and then they're best mates. You know, it's like it's it's weird, and that's filtered down into our game as well. I think our game's too nice on a Saturday. Mm. Everyone seems to be mate. Yeah, you know, well, so, that's you know, what I like about Stokes. Stokes has got still got a bit of mongrel in him. You, you yeah. know, he he'll he'll lose his temper. You know, he'll he'll have a bit of a go at you. Um, I think they need to ease up. You know, I do. I think they need to ease up on him and just well, let him. Years you know, ago, let him have a word with somebody, and everyone go, "Oh, no, that's not test cricket. It's been test cricket for nearly two hundred years." And all of a sudden, you're well, saying it's not well, test exactly. You know, Here you go. It's, it's amazing how things come like, in cycles. How, how yeah. many? How many people watch? You know, when you watch UFC or boxing, the people who get the big fights, the people who call people out and do other stuff, the technique, the people who just care <laughs> about their business and whatever. Yeah, people eventually like them, but it's the pe- people tune in to watch. What's his name? That YouTuber who keeps fighting people. Whatever his name is. This is a podcast for Down With The Kids, obviously. Um, <laughs> Gen Z switching Who will sit down. This one's making He's making millions and millions. Why? Because he's just chatting absolute whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, yeah, but I was just, just going to say about... And people interested, you know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's what cricket's, cricket's got to be there. You know what I mean? You've got, let's have some people calling people out. Let's, I want Joe Root going up and going, we are gonna, <laughs> we're going to go yeah. over to, we're going to go over to West Indies and we're going to turn you over in your own. No, 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 no. Because then you end up with a Tony Gregg situation and that's not what anyone wants. <laughs> no, but things do come in cycles because it, it got a bit pally between England and Australia a few years back. And you remember this, Graham. Um, and then when they toured over here, Alan Border was captain, and David Gower talks about it. You know, you know, we're going to, and they wouldn't, he wouldn't even say hello or shake hands or anything. You just, right. and, and the Australians were told, you are not going to be pally with this England side. You are not going to go for a, a pint afterwards or drinks or dinner or whatever. Bang, we're here to win a t- win a Test series. So it happened sort of late eighties. And then and Steve then, Ward, Steve Ward took the same mantle. Yeah, we, yeah, in absolutely. front of the cameras, he'll go. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, we don't want to be the ugly Australians anymore. But, you know, in the dressing rooms, he was just saying, listen, if they're on the ground, rip their lungs out. You know, he was a killer. But that, yes, that, that, I go back to that. Remember when, um, 
back in the time, like there was a there was a period of time when, you know, the Australian team was known as the team that aren't very nice, and that was sort the of the ugly like, Australians. Yeah, and and, it, and that went for quite a while, and then obviously they tried to they definitely tried to change that more recently, haven't they? We don't want to be that old Australia or whatever it is, and I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, it, I, it I think you, makes it a little bit more dull. You, you hit the nail on the head, Will, with with the whole yeah. franchise cricket and everything else. Yeah. They all play in the same dressing rooms in the IPL, in the hundred, etc. And it was a similar thing back in the day with Packer cricket and and what have you. And that's why they all got kind of pally, and that's why it stopped. And it will come to a head where it's got to stop. In 2005, when I think it was, I can't remember who threw the ball, and it was in the one-day series before the Test Series, and Matthew Hayden was batting, and they went to throw, run him out and hit him in the chest and didn't apologise, just went and picked the ball up and carried on, you know, and he was like, you know, squaring up, you know, what Hayden's like, and it I sort of it, set the tone. No, the, what about when Ponting got hit and, uh, was about and no one come up to... Sorry. It, no, that was, about, that was my point, because in 2005, I think they hit the perfect balance. Because you watched after they they go hard at each other. Warm was yeah. going hard. They were going hard. Flintoff was going hard. They're all having a go at each other. But then there's all, all the time when you yeah. saw an inter- there's that there's one bit I remember, and it was Peterson and Warren going out on to paint the town red. You know they're about to go out and they 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 caught them just before they were leaving. They interviewed mm-hmm. them together and they were going for a pint. And it's like so they were still doing that, but it didn't yeah. change anything on the field. They were very good friends they before saw the it, series the fact that they as well. Friends, they yeah, the fact you. that they were yeah because they both played at Hampshire, but mm. but the fact that they were friends didn't stop mm. them having a go at each other. Maybe not to the extent where they're calling each other names, but actually in in enhanced their contest. Yeah, they, it, yeah, you know, again, and also it, the, the Bretley Bretley like, Freddie Flintoff, you know, mm, at the end mm. of the test match, you know. Again, it's like yeah. that whole boxing thing, isn't it? You they have all the chat, then they knock the living bells out of each other for however many rounds then at the end they're going oh what a fight this guy is and all this stuff and go everything you know and that's yeah. and that and that's what you want you need that you need that storyline and maybe that's what maybe that's what cricket is missing and it's not necessarily I'm not necessarily saying it for England Australia I'm saying England West Indies England you know England Pakistan England Bangladesh let's you know let's have something which you know not necessarily not saying you have to create some sort of drama but there needs to be something. And I guess they're trying to, they're trying to build that up with the world test championship. And I see where that kind of goes and the fact that, you know, every test has something riding on it and, you, you know, it, it gives that element to the whole thing. And obviously there's, so it's, it's kind of like the world club championship, isn't it? In football where kind of like there's Brazil love it and winning it is great. And if you, and if you, mm-hmm. or the, you know, and if your club wins it, it's, it's amazing, but also at the same time, if you're not too, if you're not all the way up there, you're not, too bothered about it we should start calling this a, a cricket football podcast i think really but um no, no <laughs> we're not going there we're not we're not going there but i think with franchise cricket and all these you know these shorter formats and everything else i think it's difficult because you're gonna have these people who play you know in the same side as each other see each other it's a small world these days isn't it unfortunately and you know that's that's what happens so i think it's a tough step well, it's a harder right. step this time <laughs> I always, sorry, it's off. It's always it's good. Off yeah, hands. listen, you know, always get global warming in, mate. That's always good. Yeah. It's off Alan Partridge. He goes, it's the world's getting smaller. It's like, yeah, that's global warming, but that's something else. <laughs> so going on to the series itself, what trends did we notice, guys? Any Anything that kind of reoccurred <laughs> for you that... Yeah. England spent a lot more de- a lot more overs and days in the field than they did. 
<laughs> than they wanted to. <laughs> Two things that stood out to me that there seemed to be a hell of a lot of was, A, there was a hell of a lot of threes run, which, I, you know, I haven't seen a test series where so many threes were run. I expect it in Australia, though, because it's bigger grounds. The bigger the grass, grounds, The yeah. grass is more coarse. Yeah. But the, I remember when I the first went thing, over, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? I was like, I can run. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that uh, I've never seen so many batsmen get hit, especially in the bollocks. <laughs> it's, it is, it has been an excellent, it has been an excellent test series for box manufacturers. So yeah, everyone, everyone is gloves as well, fingers, yeah. you know, chess. I've, I've never seen a series where so many batsmen were hit. Yeah, but I mean, you look at that ball that uh, Wood got uh, got Kawaja in the second innings with. That was. Vile, wasn't it? <laughs> he did well. He did well to only let it hit him on the gloves for crying out loud to sway that far back. And, and yeah, that you was know, a good ball. And for me, that was what Wood was then fired up, and that's why mm. he got his six for. You know, I mean, because if, the, doing if, something for him. If Joe Root ever has another yeah. child, he, it is a miracle baby. I think that's what we're going to have to say, really, isn't it? A man who's been hit five times in the gonads by ninety mile an hour cricket balls is there. <laughs> Succinctly, if he has another it child, be, be adopted. It'll be adopted. Yeah, but it might come out looking like an 80 over ball then. I'm going to say, it may come out speaking Australian. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, For me, I think England bowling well, but then ultimately not being able to finish the job off. And Mm. yeah, the amount of time, you know, start, start line, Cummins getting knocked, you know, and yeah. England get, getting themselves into good positions with, in, with the ball, but ultimately not finishing it. Now, is that down to captaincy? Is that just down to the bowlers that we have at our disposal? Is it a bit of everything? I think the the first couple of tests, it was, um, we talked about, it was definitely planned towards the middle order batsmen. Um, mm. Didn't trust their ability to move the ball off the pitch or bowl on in length or build pressure enough. Try and, you know, let's stick at this. Let's actually plug away at a line in length which isn't short and wide, you know, outside our ball or at their head. You know, let's let's try and bowl, you know, or do proper cricket here. You know, that was clear for the first few tests. And then I think they tried to do it. Um, and I think what was a trend in the first uh, well throughout was England actually building the pressure and then missing the chance, dropping the chance. Mm. You know, they, they did do it. You know, they built the pressure. They, how many catches did they drop? It was a lot. Mm. How many catches did uh, Australia drop over the series? Two, three? No, Kerry dropped more than that. It wasn't, it wasn't, that's another trend of the series. It wasn't a very good se- series for wicket keeping, I think. Oh, yeah, Kerry dropped it, didn't he? And uh, Warner. Smith dropped, dropped a couple and Kawaja. Warner. Warner. Yeah, Warner. Not as many Australian, not as many as England, put it that way. There's a lot of start. I think there's a lot of people look like they were going to go on and get runs who didn't. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why that when I said like the the amount of runs was a little bit underwhelming. Mm. You know, for it's a it's a five test match series, and 350 is the highest run score at 10 innings. You know, it is it's all right, but in past you've had people score five, six hundred runs in test series. And you know, have a really oh, could that be? Series. Could that be because pitches were made for bowlers? Potentially, which they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think heads, heads are real anomaly. Like Labashain could have gone and done that, but he had a quiet end, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Because Wood sort of had the better of him towards the end of it. Um, but 
but he could have easily gone on and scored five, six hundred runs if he batted the same all the way through. Um, but I Don't mean, actually, if you, do you think Root had a good series with the bat? No. Well, he's actually the third top run scorer. Yeah, three hundred twenty-two runs. Yeah, no, I know. So it's like it's a lot of but starts, don't, but, you know. If he but goes don't on. forget, he batted in every innings. Whereas yeah. ham, when they beat us by an innings, obviously they they wouldn't have batted yeah, second yeah. time. So it's a couple of bits and pieces as far as that's concerned. And uh, yeah, 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 but I mean, it's, you look at Warner only bat, you know, he batted eight times. It was a hundred runs less, averaging thirty. You know, Kawaja's up there. Of course, Steve Smith. They only averaged thirty. You know, he got a lot of starts. He got in, faced a lot of balls. So lot let's, of let's, go, let's go. Let's go through it quickly. So you've like... got Travis. Travis Head uh, at the top with an average of fifty nine and a half with three hundred fifty seven runs. Marnus Labuschagne three hundred thirty five runs, an average of forty one point eight seven. Then Root with three hundred twenty two runs in ten innings with an average of thirty two. Um, David Warner, eight innings, 273, an average of 34. And then in fifth, Usman Khawaja, four innings, 255 runs, an average of 85. Then next, you've got Steve Smith, David Milan, Ben Stokes, Cameron Green, and then Johnny Bairstow. Bairstow with an average of 48. Smith with an average of 30, which, I mean, it's quite, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be very happy to have him with an average yeah. of 30. And England's second top run scorer, David Milan, with an average of 24. Ben Stokes, 23. And Cam Green, 32, his average with uh, 228 runs. Now, you look at that and you'd, you'd, you'd definitely say Bairstow, Stokes, Milan, Root are the standout batsmen and probably the only batsmen who've done much, really, apart from Collins. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, as an Englishman, if you said to me at the start of the series, Labashane's going to average 40, Warner's going to average low 30s and Smith is just going to make it over 30 an average you'd snap your hand off wouldn't you you'd be like I'll yeah. take oh, 100% yeah. take that yeah definitely definitely and but probably is, is say it... that Labuschagne got dropped a few times Smith got dropped a couple of times Warner got dropped a couple of times could have been worse you know what I mean is it, it could have been worse is, for those players is this the first Ashes series where they played more than one day night test yeah, yeah. So is that is that an impact on it as well? Because you're batting in different conditions, so the averages are going to be down a little bit anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's like that, really, isn't it? And when who's batting at what time? You know. Yeah, of course, of course. I but mean, I guess the point was we expected Australia. You know, as James said, you know, you'd, you'd snap their arm off yeah. to have Smith only averaging thirty in the series. Um, you know, that's that we've had a good series against him. Brilliant, Warner. We've had a decent series against Warner. You had that one innings when he got away, got ninety no, you odds. Two. You got two, two sorry. odds. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. yeah. But you've got you know. But we kept him quite. Other than that, he had two. Did he have two pairs as well? Or what? No, one pair. No, he one had pair. a pair. One yeah. pair. Yeah. yeah. Warner. Yeah. You look, yeah. You, yeah look, talking about that, he's the only Australian batsman to have two ducks. The next, you've got Smith, who's got one duck. Then England, Ollie <laughs> Robinson, four ducks. Then yes. you've got Root, Hamid. Wood, Butler, Burns, all with two ducks, and then Broad and Leach both with one. It's a big difference for me in this in this test series that just and, and we talked about it in terms of letting them get away is that the Australian tail scored runs, mm. the bowlers scored runs, the well, English the, bowlers didn't. That which which is the one which you know shows it, and he's probably one of my you know it was one we we, we said at the start that they. Is the one player the Aussies would probably leave out. He had the biggest, you know, case for him to leave out and star. 
his average 38, 150 odd runs in seven innings, and he's outscored Butler, Amid, Burns, Pope, the same amount of innings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that 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 just shows sort of where the middle to lower order. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, it's made the difference. Like, because we've had 30 for four, 50 for four while we're bowling, the same as how Australia have. But then we've just crumbled and they haven't. You that don't probably, go, yeah. I could, that, for me, that could be the series in a bit of a nutshell there. Yeah. If you wanted to really condense it down into that and boil it down to one thing, yes, our openers haven't done very well, but you could put it down to that, really. Yeah. You then look at, you look at, we've been saying as well that England's bowling has been like the best thing about it, but then you look at the top 10 wicket takers, Cummings 21, Stark 19, Bolland 18 in three games played, then Wood with 17, then Lyon with 16, Brody's hardly played, comes in at six with 13, level with Cam Green. Then you've got Ollie Robinson with 11, Anderson with eight, and Leach with six, you know, yeah. and most it's overs bowled as well. You yeah. know, most overs it bowled. took four in one, one innings. Yeah. They did, yeah. Well, there you go. Lion bowled the most overs in the whole series, and he didn't even bowl for the last test, you know, and that, that mm. goes to show when England weren't playing the spinner for some of the games as well, it's just, I don't know. So, Moving on, what are your positives and negatives uh, coming out of this series? So we'll start with the easy one. What are the positives? For who? England. Oh, England. Wood, I think he bowled well. I think he batted well. I think he shot hard. I think he's, he's got a case for himself, hasn't he, with uh, there's going to be a lot of seam bowling opportunities for people. Robinson made a case for himself in England, and I would made a case for himself abroad, which is something, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah that's definitely a positive. Could we say a positive is England was so bad that now we've got to do something about it? <laughs> Boy, it's a double, well, because it's a double negative and that makes it cancels itself out, is it? <laughs> Johnny Burst, Johnny Burst, that was a positive for me. 
yeah, coming yeah, coming yeah. back in, you know, not playing the first two tests, then coming in and then playing, Play two getting tests. yeah, getting runs. He played yeah, he played the third and the fourth test, didn't he? So getting runs and showing that grit that we all know he's got, and it's kind of you know a shame that he wasn't in from the start, but and other players didn't show that durability and you know ability to be able to uh, change things a little bit. Yeah, would absolutely. Yeah, other than that, it's hard to look for mm. any other positives in terms of players. I think Broad, Broad actually, you know, standing up for himself. He didn't want to in the path of the first test when he has in the past. Yeah. And it's, I said it before, didn't I? Just before we did that first podcast, it was just on the eve where we thought, Blumenau, they're not going to pick him. And we didn't believe it. And it was like, and I've just, they've done this to him two or three times already where he's come out and said, I'm really annoyed. And then he's come in and, um, and he's he's bowled really well, you know. I thought he bowled really well. The worst yeah, he's he's bowled, he's bowled well in, the, in the final ones, didn't he? I don't think he started. <laughs> great. But then again, he's just come in cold. But Graham, yeah, positives from an Australian end? What, for the Australian side? Mm. Pat Cummins' as captaincy. You know, when when he went uh, when he <laughs> in Brisbane. Sorry? We all said that, um, you know, he, he's only there to flip the coin. You know, and Smith would be running it, but by the end of it, you know, he brought the team together, and I thought he was captain as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I think the bowl and Mitchell Stark was under huge pressure. He was. I yeah. think in the last podcast, I said I wasn't a fan of his, but oh, you know, I um, got your Stark shine, sign shirt down there. I thought that's what you were going down yeah. for. <laughs> but I wasn't then, a fan uh, of him. But those, obviously, those of you can't see, Graham then just went out of out of the screen. Yeah, me, yeah, uh, me dipped me down. It looked like he was going to pick <laughs> something up. I thought he was about to bring a Stark shirt out from the bar. But I'm now, no, but I, I'm now an official member of the Stark fan club. Yeah, I, I think you know he showed he showed what a what a fighter he is. You know, Warren just cannot say a bloody nice thing about him. Everyone mm. just were barreled him, and he I just, just don't get it. I don't it. get it. I, I, you'd kill to have someone like Mitchell Stark in your side. You know, if, mm. if he was an English player, he'd, he'd be the first team name he'd on the team in, sheet. Wouldn't he? He'd walk yeah. in. Probably. Because and he's then, got heart, he's got ability with the bat, and he, he has that he X factor. Too, he, can, he bowls too wide sometimes, but, you know, and yeah, another he, he would fit in with the English positive, bowling setup. <laughs> another huge positive for Australia is Travis Head now, you know. Well, that, that, that's probably said. your breakout, isn't it? That's like a. It's a yeah. I don't, nobody was probably expecting yeah. that out of him, were they? And he's come out and just thought, you know, fuck mm. we're going to do it, aren't we? Okay. Quick. Out there and play Cameron, Cameron, Green. Cameron Green. Cameron Green is a breakout Cameron, player for me for Aussies. 30 with the bat. Ooh, not Bolland. Bolland, well, uh, average nine. That's Axel yeah. to tell them. Is that. 18, we can, we can 18, get on to this in yeah. a minute. We can get on to yeah, this in a minute. So, uh, negatives, nice and quickly. Let's run through them. Um, go. Uh, you probably would have had Perry would have scored more runs, you know, coming in to replace Payne. Probably didn't drop a few catches. Yeah. Probably didn't stake a claim for himself as much as they hoped he would, I would have thought. Yeah. I'd say that position is the only one that's still in, in doubt or up for grabs at the moment. I think one of the negatives Harris. was that there was a couple of times that we, we declared uh, with a few overs to go. I think in Adelaide, um, we did it, and also in Sydney um, with a couple of overs at the end. And we just bowled too wide. We didn't put enough pressure on for those last seven, eight overs or something, you know, but that's, you know, that's trying to, that's really getting picky. Um, yeah. 
it's yeah it's it's like i don't know it's it's one of those i, I guess as an australian you you've got to be looking at it and going well maybe we need an opener maybe we need a wicket keeper and you know we've bounced back and we've beaten england but it's a bit like Man City losing against Liverpool and then going and smashing Burnley. Well done, you've beaten Burnley kind of thing, you know. Even Leeds could beat Burnley. It'd be, it'd be interesting if um, a couple of sides with more than one bowler with real pace plays against Australia and actually tests them up top. Yeah. More than one bowler who's, who's going to struggle because I think that they actually showed a bit of weakness against that with Wood. Yeah. He's one of the quickest around. But yeah, before before side, I do you... get any hate mail, by the way, I am a Leeds fan, so I can say that. So it's all there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for, for Australia, there weren't too many negatives, were there, to be fair? No. No. You know, um, it's hard to find negative. Yeah, you know, I mean, Nathan, Nathan, negative. Nathan Lyon picking up his match fee doing bugger all in the final test was quite impressive, wasn't it? Really? <laughs> 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 I think he bowled about three overs or something, didn't he? The one thing Last I test, say, he didn't bowl at all. The one thing I would say, and it's blowing our own trumpets, is in the first episode, we picked all of the things that would be problems and then all ended up being problems. We said yeah. England's oh, openers, you know, we said, yeah, we, we predicted 100%. We said Roots captaincy. We said team selection. You know, we said lack of preparation. We said wicketkeeper. Every, and it's, it's all come to light. And it's, it's as if it, these problems have been going on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> surprise shock okay so uh we've spoken about the negatives enough and i think it's time to kind of really move on from them because every other bloody podcast in the world has been talking about it uh well, if you've been doing <laughs> cricket and i think if you're listening to this podcast especially as this one's come out quite late you're probably looking a bit for a bit of therapy and just a bit of fun so right let's get on to the mo the bits of the series here we go right so Moving on to our bits of the series. So we're going to look back and pick some of our moments and players and everything else of the series. So we'll start off with that bit. And what was your moment of the series? Uh, mine uh, would be as early in the series as can possibly be the first ball at Brisbane. You know, I think that set, <laughs> that set, the, set the tone for the rest of the series, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did. Pretty much. Probably right. Start with, right. with the X Factor again. Yeah. Slats, what was your moment of the series? Probably, do you know what, Johnny getting a turn on his the anniversary of his dad passing away. Bastard, I think that was, was mine. That was oh, uh, something else. That was that was kind of special, but I also thought, to be honest with you, the ball, the ball that would bowled at Kawaja to get him out of Hobart was pretty special as well. Mm. Yeah, it's a good ball. Great ball. <laughs> well, uh, my mine was uh before the first ball, mine was around about the toss of the first test when uh, I realised that they can, after looking at the pitch and saw the team that they selected, and then when they selected to bat, I am, I was like, that was the moment for me where I realised that this isn't going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my moment of the series. <laughs> okay, and as Slats, you've taken mine, Bearstow's 100, I'm going to go for my moment of the series is the second test in Adelaide and that one hero who sunk those four pints in the crowd. To <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That's funny. One after the other. Amazing. And when he's there again at the end, and all the beers are going, he's going, yes! That long hair guy with the uh, green and yellow hair. Incredible. That was my moment of the series. So, uh, there's that, a lot of heat stroke going on there. 
to be honest, though, got to be uh, Jack Leach signing another bold guy's head. I mean, there's three fellow bold men in this, uh, in this Zoom <laughs> chat. I think we've got to appreciate <laughs> that. We're all looking at uh, Will's. Uh, to be honest uh, with you, with, if, if, I'm surprised if Jack Leach came up and uh, went to sign your head, you'd probably write on your face because you'd be a bit short, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah probably, yeah. <laughs> okay, here's a question then. With, this with is a Jack regular Leach. size bottle bit. <laughs> with Jack Leach, if he never plays Test cricket again, is he technically still on the Test hat trick? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes an interesting stat. That was some serious shit housery, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 No, serious shit housery. But it's it's <laughs> similar to Andy Harrison getting declared on when he was just off his hat trick against Allscott. For anyone else who listens to any other Cow Corner podcast apart from this one. Man, we, we nearly went a whole podcast without man mentioned Andy Harrison. So oh, fuck. I apologize. Anyway, right. You worst, all right don't worry. worst <laughs> moment of the series. Well, the worst moment of the series for me was that first ball. You're sitting there with the anticipation. First ball at uh, at the Gabba, your anticipation. How's this gonna go? And Burns just forgets where his stumps are, steps across, and oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh. The deflation was palpable <laughs> uh, possibly that last inning for me really you know it, it was just so or I can't even do, uh, yeah. it's got to be that I can't think of anything else that was worse really there was no real bad decisions either was there there's no like howlers or anything like that oh my god so what <laughs> the Melbourne <laughs> oh, I can't even think of anything worse <laughs> was, it the right? second was it right Melbourne for... wasn't worse was it uh, was it Paul no, Rifle? Pressure. <laughs> was it Paul Rifle giving 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 uh, Stokes out either LBW or caught behind? Him? Is it the stops? That that, <laughs> yeah, that was a howler. Yeah, 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 that was a howler. I mean, how can you? How it's so hard to pick a worst moment of the series being an England fan. Really, it's mm. like <laughs> for me, for me. At the end of the series, though, you sort of thought, you know what, this is going to happen. We know it's going to happen. It's when's it going to happen? Whereas the start of the series, first ball, you were thinking, great, what sort of contest is this going to be? Come on, guys, let's make a good start. And wick it down first ball. And so, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, worst moment of the series. It started. Cool. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> do you have a widget? Yeah, well... I don't when know. It's one of those. It's one of those. When, when the series ended, I didn't know whether I was upset or uh, uh, or happy, really, about it. I was a bit like, no, oh, the cricket's finished, but also that, kind of glad yeah. that we don't oh, have to. Glad it's over. It's, again, talking about Simpsons reference, it's the stop, stop, he's already dead kind of thing. It was yeah. after that first ball, it was series done. I think every England fan knew that, right, that's it, off to bed. I mean, yeah. you could, I could put there's a couple of good moments for me is that they actually saved me quite, gave me a few hours sleep. Yes. You know, I, there was a few nights I didn't have to get up. Uh, that was nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but norm, normally, like you could say a worst moment, normally when we get battered, by the Aussies, like all the jokes come out and stuff and it's like you get sort of peppered with them, everything gets sent to you. And I've been finding them quite funny yeah. until sort of like the end of the last test and it kind of, you know, I stopped watching commentators talking. I stopped watching highlight, but I was like, I was like, I don't really like this. Yeah. Well, you only have to look at you look at the the interview that David Gower gave after the end of Hobart. Now that man that nearly raised he nearly raised his voice. Now that's how furious he was. 
Oh, right. Actually, oh, that's, that's, that's actually that's a whole that's a whole new thing. His shirt is galah. Yeah, oh, with all the galahs. Pink on it. shirt on. God dear me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I can, I can uh, make Graham, do you want to do you want to explain okay. a flaming galah? I used, flaming galah. Galah. I, I used to have galahs for pets, mate. They stink and they're loud bastards, so don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's, so, that's so, so. From a bloke who's grown up with the crows in Australia, and who which is, the, is the, possibly the worst thing you've ever you you know the ones that wow wow and they sit on top of your house at five o'clock in the morning, about 30 of them, all going, wow, wow. It's, oh, the Australian the... slip cordon. Uh, um... <laughs> they have an Aussie slang. You're right. I've got a video on my, on my Facebook, which is now deleted. Um, so don't try and follow me. Uh, of two of them in perfect harmony. Two crows in perfect harmony. I hated those things. Sorry. I think you just touched the nerve with the the whole yeah. worst moment stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, like all the things I hated about Australia. <laughs> There's nothing nowhere near like the magpies, which will actually you know attack you. Over here, you're supposed to salute them. There, you just like <laughs> police turn up and shoot them. It <laughs> happened <laughs> when I was a kid. There was like this magpie that kept like attacking kids. The coppers turned up with a shotgun and blew it out of the air in front of the kids. <laughs> it was brilliant. Sprayed the kids with magpie blood. And no, everyone cheered because you couldn't you just imagine the playground. Kids, yeah, kids just, feathered. This copper turned up like Robocop and just went kapow. You know, and <laughs> shit went everywhere. Brilliant. I lived in the country. Oh, I wish I <laughs> I wish we were popular enough to have a cartoonist who could uh, do the story. <laughs> Ricky Gervais stuff, that would be hilarious. Okay, uh, so um, who has been your breakout player of the series? In uh, it's probably a close one between Travis Head and Cameron Green, isn't it? I would have thought, um, you know, most of the other people in this have been around a little while. But um, these, uh, you know, these two are probably... Head Holland? Was coming back Holland, into Boland, the Boland, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, I know he's getting on a little bit, but I know. Well, that's the only thing. That's because that was another point I thought about with Kawaja because he's getting on so much. If this wasn't the Ashes, do you think they would have picked him? If it was against Bangladesh, yeah. no. Do you think they would have picked him? I don't think they would have done. I think no, I don't. I agree. The young lad, totally agree. You know, so bloody, bloody somebody younger to, to for the future. Yeah, exactly. that's where yeah. that's where Cameron Green, for me, mm. has come in, young lad, showing his way, but. Boland, you know that was his. That was his. This is this is his first first outing in Test cricket, is it? Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Then, in which case, to come along and go and get eighteen wickets in a series at nine, it's become just... a national hero. When he was when he was only brought in as a specialist, and then when yeah. Adam showed he wasn't just a specialist, you know, and and showed guts as you said with the bat. Mm. Mm. What, what I liked about Green was the fact that it wasn't working for him with the bat, but it, the it rest changed. of his game, re, the rest of his game didn't show. Yeah. You know, the rest of his game didn't fall. He didn't show a lack of confidence. He came out and bowled the best he's ever bowled, fielded really well. And then his batting came around and he ended up with the perfect all-rounder, averaging of 13, average of 15. You can't ask for much more from that for you guys coming in at 6-7, you know, and, and, you, and your fourth seamer. And, cool. and have the gumption, the gumption to go and talk to Ricky Ponting and say, yeah. actually, show me what I'm doing wrong. Right, great. That's, that's half of, um, you know, coaching, isn't it? It's actually yeah. being asked. 
yeah. what's wrong rather than having to go around and tell everybody what's wrong. You know, you need yeah. to have a bit about you to go and ask questions. So who are we going for? Green? Well, what you have to look at, it, you know, let's, let's say they're 50-50. Let's say they're 50-50, Boland and uh, Cameron Green. What would swing at 51-49 is who is going to be able to tour better. And I think Cameron Green will tour better than, um, than Boland yeah. will. Agreed. So I'd yeah. say 51-49 to, Bol- yeah. uh, to Cameron Green. My, and my argument to all of that is, is that Cameron Green will probably play a lot of test cricket regardless. Bolland might not. But the one person who might not have gone on to play was Travis Head, who now has actually played so well that he's got himself a bit of a test career. Whereas if he hadn't have played so well, where Cameron Green could have had more of a, you know, a lukewarm series, but probably would have gone on to play more test cricket. Bolland's getting on. He's actually yeah. staked a claim for himself in that middle order. It could have been Kawaja taking his spot, or it could have been there's so many players. And he came out and had a ridiculous, you know, series that probably only yeah. he could have. Yeah, but I, I, I have that now kind of have that kind of he, he will be remembered for this series alone, kind of thing. He's on he, he's gonna be on every tour and party uh for the next few few years. Yeah. Whether Where's he starts every tour? test. You know, when's where do they go next? Pakistan. Well, is he gonna play much there? Probably not. Well, they, they were saying the other day that Pakistan is now building faster and faster pitches because they've got quicker and quicker bowlers. They, they've got more mm-hmm. seam bowlers. Shaheen Afridi, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know. They... Yeah. So but, quickly, okay. one word. One word. Who are we going for? Green. 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 Green, Green it is. Okay, so a bit of a harder one. Who's been the English breakout player of the season? Not hard at all. <laughs> Wood. Yeah. I uh, break. Could you call him? Not the, call him break out, okay. Not the fact that they've actually played. Yeah, but he's been an up and down player for a little while. Agreed. A breakout season doesn't have to be your first. Mm. Yeah, but he's still he's still he's still gone for four hundred and fifty three runs. His average isn't good. Well, that's because he had nothing. He had he he brought in. There's no re- supporting cast. Was <sighs> well, yeah. I mean, I'm, and you did say breakout, not breakdown, didn't you? Yeah. To find an English breakout player, you're fishing in a very shallow pool. So yeah. let me yeah. have Wood, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, Wood I mean, just, for, just for his sheer, just, just for the fact, you know what? He's the only test cricketer who's hit Pat Cummings for three sixes in one, one innings. Yeah, there you go. But, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, Bill. Right, he, so next so Billings one. in then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. one it one. If he'd have come in for the, you could probably give it. Showing promise. Mm. Yeah, showing promise. But I wouldn't say it was breakout. Like oh. I think they they use it in like American sports a lot as a breakout year. Your breakout year isn't like some your debut year that you've done well. It's a year like four or five years down the line where yeah. you have where you finally um, achieve yeah, whatever really you can achieve. Yeah. Okay. Next Would one. He- Comeback player of the series. So someone who's been <laughs> dropped and then has come back and done well. So I think your nominations here are Johnny Bairstow, Usman Khawaja, Zach Crawley. Kim Kardashian. Come back. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, I got confused. Um, well, actually, to a degree, you might say Travis Head because he's had a go before, hasn't he? He's had a go, yeah. Mm. You know, and he's come, but he's, he's, he's been a periphery player. See, see what I said there? Uh, yeah. He's been a periphery player and he's come back and he's actually established himself. Mm. If, if, yeah. He, I think he was already playing a bit of test cricket though, wasn't he? 
it was actually somebody who's like he played more recently than the yeah um, oh Kawaja Kawaja to come in and get a ton yeah. in each innings um you know well he has did he... best though by 80 runs so I'd probably say Kawaja <laughs> Kawaja it isn't okay yeah. next one who is your English player of the series and I think we may have already answered this one but we'll go for it yeah it's probably would mm. so as as Graham eloquently said it's a it's a shallow pool mm. uh, <laughs> um yeah no, would yeah. people who've done well for small for periods but not consistently you know yeah. people have gone in and got the odd score and then a few failures yeah you know, yeah johnny to average 48 which is up yeah. there with 48 and a half up there with the you know the top aussies in terms of batting um is is very very good uh but woody do you know what? I'm so pleased for him at Hobart because oh. he got his he, he got his reward for putting the graft in. He got what he deserved, didn't he? I think and, he was and, quite unlucky as well with some of his bowling. And like, yeah, like, we, I, like we said, you know, when you've got when you're bowling with other people who are going around the park, and also the just the mentality of a side who are losing, you know, it's yeah. But did odd. he drop? Did he drop below 140? Yeah, but look at the first innings in Hobart. Like everything's quite shiny for the second innings, but the first innings he was atrocious. He was like, what, one for 164,000 or something? You know, he just got cut <laughs> everywhere. I think it was one for 53 off 10, but yeah. No, it was he? Don't he take this away from us, Graham. Leave us this one good thing, please. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to drain that shallow <laughs> pool, mate. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's, so it's, it's Mark Wood, then. <laughs> Mark yeah. Wood then. Okay. I, so. love, I love Mark Wood. Overall, then, guys, who is your player of the series? Hard, hard to look past actually the guy who was voted player of the series, which was Travis Head. I think uh, in, in overall, because he made a difference, he came in and scored quickly. You know, as, as you said earlier on, Graham, his strike rate was eighty-seven or something ridiculous. Eighty-six, yeah, yeah, yeah. He which the tests on, didn't he? Like, yeah. if he didn't play the way he did, the results would have been, I think, would have been very different. Yeah, well, he came in yeah. to Brisbane and took that test away from us yeah. with that one innings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, he made a huge, huge difference. Um, and, and again, he did exactly the same at... Um, where did he get his other big innings as well? He, he came in and he, he just scored... Pretty Ho- well, did, did he play at Hobart? No, he didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it was Hobart. Yeah, yeah. Hobart. He came, in he, sc- four, he came in and scored quickly to take that, to get him over 300. To take, you know, to Joe Root said we sh- we should have bowled him out for two forty, and we'd have been more in the game. We'd have still lost by seventy odd runs. We'd have been more in the game, but he took the game away from us in that in that innings again. So yeah, for me, it's Travis Head. Yeah, well, the Aussies the Aussies built Boland's uh, tracks, all right, but Head went out and proved that a good batsman will still get runs yeah, on that. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Um... I think it's Cummins for me because he took on the captaincy at the start and there was a lot of talk about is he captain before. I know he had an easy run of it with the captaincy. There probably wasn't a lot that he had to do or say massively. Um, but, you know, he, he to take on the captaincy with that pressure and then be the top wicket taker, having missed the test. Yeah. You know, I think uh, he bowled phenomenal. You know, he was probably he was the best team by far out of everybody. I don't yeah. think he, he barely bowled a bad ball. Um, didn't look under any pressure. Nah, I thought, would, I thought you know, Woody, I, t- Woody, t- like... Woody took it to bits. 
Yeah. <laughs> they weren't bad balls, though, were they? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was trying to give Woody a bit of his own medicine. Woody was like, yeah, thanks. Bosh, have that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Travis Head, player of the series for us. Certainly for me. Will. I'm with Will. I'm with Will, I, I think. Um, Cummins for me. Cummins. Fair enough. There we go. Cummins is our player of the series. There we go. Okay, so next one is we are going on to rankings. So A being good, F being dismal. Let's go for Australia's batting. C. Didn't have to be any better than that. Mm. Yeah, it was C like, class. Yeah. It wasn't, it was. <laughs> you are so pedantic. <laughs> C. Only because I can never agree with you, Slats. Yeah, I know, mate. <laughs> okay, and England's batting. F minus. <laughs> actually, no, it's a U, unclassified. <laughs> there was some... Like, yeah, it was, e. It was, e. e. I wouldn't go as far as F because a couple of guys did okay. If it was yeah. really an F, yeah. then it would have been like lost by innings in every test. But there, were a lot, there were a lot of Fs in it. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, e, I'd agree with E. Yeah. yeah. It's not lost, it's just lost in the series, wasn't it? Yeah. There's a batting. Yeah. That's what you said. Can't, can't get us over 300, then forget yeah. it. Okay. And Australia's bowling. B for me. You were harsh, aren't you? I don't think they did. It. I think they didn't plan have work, to... didn't it? They didn't yeah. have to move to anything else. No, so they, did, they were. Could... Yeah. Yeah. They weren't under pressure, were they, at any point, other than when Johnny Bairstow and Stokes got going to a degree when Root and, and Milan both got 80 and put a bit mm. of pressure on them. Well, not just but, pressure on the bowlers, pressure on the captains, even new captains yeah. as well. And I think yeah. that kind of showed a little bit. You had a small period there where yeah. they got in, where it was kind of where are they going to get them out? That was sort of the... the but it was only happened once. Yeah. <laughs> it only happened once and it was that period. And if you could have so Australia four more times, then maybe their bowling could have been a bit. Australia's bowling? A minus. A minus, Will? Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Okay, England's bowling. D. D? No, yeah. I'd go C because uh, there's some people. I'm oh, sorry, I misheard you. Oh, no. <laughs> I, was, I, I thought you'd been harsh with a D. Oh, yeah, put, no, yeah. C. yeah, I, I think it's C. I think they bowl well in spells. I think that spell at Jimmy Bowled um, was just incredible. But they couldn't stick to a plan and be concise right. with it. And unfortunately, maybe they were used in the wrong way, but there was too many four balls. But, well, did, did they stick to the plan they were given? Well, you know, plan A, B, C, D, E. They moved. It was quite clear because they, they it was a complete shift. It's not like they were bowling poorly. It was a complete shift. They go around the wicket ball short. They yeah. changed the field. Like it was uh, like it's maybe not just part of the bowling, but it might have been the bowler's idea. Who knows? But I think they didn't stick. They changed their plan before they needed to. And from a spin from a spin department, I, mean, I, I actually felt I felt, I felt sorry for Leach to a degree because the field that was set was just awful. Um, but then I, I don't feel sorry for him because if he's worth his salt as a spin bowler, he should be saying to Jerry, "No, I want this, this, and this as my field skip, please." Mm. And this is the reason why. And I just yeah. I don't C. think we... Yeah, see. Okay, 
next thing, uh, wicket keeping, and <laughs> for Australia's wicket keeping. C minus. D. Yeah. D. 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 Oh, D. put yours in. D. D for drop. Um, okay. D for drop. England's England's wicket keeping, and we'll say Butler wicket keeping, and then Billings wicket keeping. Butler D minus. Yeah, the only reason it's not worse is because he took some screamers. Yeah. He did take, he took some screamers and dropped mm. some absolute dollies. It is. Mm. Um, Billings, I thought he did all right. You know, I didn't, I didn't think he was. He took okay. one catch, didn't he? But he didn't drop anything else. Oh, he took he two. Took, he took two catches. He took two and he took some good ones down leg. I think mm. he was throwing himself down, wasn't he? And yeah. Yeah, he did all right. Maybe a, a B because he didn't have actually that much to do. There's no spinners yeah. on. It wasn't like turning and bouncing or anything. It was pretty regulation, wasn't it? Not yeah. moving after the bat. But also, but also, attitude. You look at, as you said before, Will, you said you thought the stunt mic was turned off when Butler was <laughs> keeping. Yeah, I know, yeah. it was nothing. Yeah. Okay. But he wouldn't even, Butler wouldn't even run up to the stunts. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Okay, fielding. Australia. B. B. Yeah, B. Yeah, England. I'd, I'd go, uh, uh, C. B. I'd go C. England. Okay. I'd go a D. Phenomenal. Oh, I was awful. Yeah, okay, so say C minus or D. I think I think Burns couldn't catch COVID. Um yeah. There was a lot of people who weren't very good. I thought that you know the ground field. Are you, uh, who was really sure. throwing yeah, arm was literally made of ambrosia. It was awful. It was like it, it was handbags, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but hurl arm. But he's rapid over the ground, isn't he? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so penultimate one, captaincy. Australia's captaincy in the series. Result B. Oh, really? Yes, because I think they, uh, if you, in hindsight, they would have declared earlier. Um, I think when actually England did pose a bit of a threat with the bat sometimes, they didn't have much of a plan B, C. Um, and I, I think it was a bit of an easy run. It's not like there was a lot. That he had to do at times. Yeah, you, know, you can, you can only players can you... do it all for you, and you, they have plan yeah. A, which is bolt top of off, and it worked. We nicked off. Yeah. So I think it's what it was he got to do. Not a great deal. Whereas we had to come up with a lot more, and I thought the plan to pull. Let's vote on Cummins after Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, now, yeah. B, B plus for me. B plus. Yeah. yeah um, I, I, as I said before, you know, I think he did a magnificent job when when he was given the job in, in Brisbane. Everyone said, well, it's going to be Smith. He's going out to, you know, toss the coin and, and then hand it over to Smith. But by the end of it, and, and also what he did with Kawaja um, when they were spraying the, the champagne and everything, mm. and he got the team to stop uh, spraying the champagne so Kawaja could be in with the rest of the celebration. I thought, you know, that brought the team together. The team was together. time that the cricket stops with alcoholic beverages spraying as the victors, kind of like what they did, they stopped giving away... Champagne bottles in the Premier League, didn't they? Do you think it's time that they do that in cricket, given the amount of <laughs> yeah, well, cricketers that are playing? And just get, what, some fizzy, get some fizzy lemonade. Get some rose water like they do with the, uh, the F1, or whatever it is. Well, I don't know. Anyway, that's going off the topic. To me, I thought he did a magnificent job. And as I say, I'll, I'll, I'll vote on Cummins after Pakistan. Okay, Joe Root, Captain C. D. Unfortunately... <sighs> No. You say B slaps. <laughs> no, no, I said, I said D. D. I said D. Graham said A plus. <laughs> I said D for dopey. 
no, D. Yeah. D. Yeah. There were yeah. too many senior players in that side for those plans to be as bad as they were. Yeah. And yeah. He, he, he was atrocious. He, he didn't, he did not captain that team well at all. I also worry that literally, from a selection perspective, there aren't enough voices. There's the Silverwood and Root in the terms of selection. I think so too, yeah. I think there's and a I couple think, of people driving it and nobody else has an input. Yeah. And I think that that takes away that's sometimes that voice of reason just to say, well, hang on, have you not thought about this? And sometimes you need that, particularly in England selection. Um, I just, yeah, I just think it was a little bit of, it was a little bit of one facet and that was it. It seems odd that those building plans are there when you've got, you know, you've got Stoke, Root, Anderson, Broad, you know, Bairstow, Wokes. These are all seasoned cricketers, even Butler are all seasoned cricketers. How does a team with seven senior players, not a young side, you know, go out there and Burns has played a lot of cricket now. Yeah. He played 40 tests. <laughs> yeah, incredibly. You know, it, it just seems, it, it, it is baffling. Okay, final one overall. Australia? B plus. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I think it didn't have to be any more than that, did they? No. Yeah, and B plus. England? How far down did you just say we'll go? <laughs> <laughs> go to U and classify it. F. We said, but then the bottom of that shot up U, oh. and that became quite appealing. E, mm. F. F, F, those collapses, F. Yeah, and, and and you made a point earlier, James. You said, "Was that collapse in Hobart the last one? Was that because they were already on the plane? Mm. These guys are wearing the three lions on this shirt. If they don't care enough, mm. they shouldn't be in the team. Never mind at the end of a series. You play every game." And they, that was the thing. I, you know, I've heard other people saying, "Should we have played the players who didn't?" play in any of the other tests and things like that be, just because they've come over but then it's like if you do that what does that say about the ashes what does that say about the competition and also yeah. what does it say about test cricket play you know you've got to play your stronger side at all times I think you know and even <laughs> just we this, didn't we didn't take one with us but it's like again like what we said what, what we said at the very first why are we not play, picking our strongest team to play the first test you know, why yeah. are we not, why are the Lions going home? Why, what yeah. is this, you know, what is going on? But anyway, we've been through it. If you want to listen to all the other podcasts, please do. Uh, because we pretty much go through all the points. And to be honest, I don't think we need to talk about it because they're talking about it all over the place. And yeah. Um, so looking to quickly to end up, um, looking to the future, what do you think quickly needs to happen? And just, yeah, where do you think, where, where do you think English cricket is going to go in the next few years? And we'll start with Will. I don't know. I don't know where it's... I really don't know where it's going to go. I can't answer that. Do you think that, that, do you think, even though there's all these... Let's put it this way then. Um, given all the calls for change in cricket, from, it seems everyone, do you think the ECB will actually do anything? Or do you think that they'll just go into the, like you said, go into that West Indies test series and... I, I T20 and ODI and kind of bury their heads in the sun and hope people forget? Uh, no, to be fair, I wouldn't expect too much in a change of selection. You might have the odd young guy come in here and there. I'd expect this team to probably carry on because, like you say, there's nothing coming in. There's nobody else really, you know, banging down the door to come and actually get picked to play. Um, the, the, the change isn't going to come from the current squad, is it? The change has got to come from the setup coming through, and that yep. doesn't happen by the next series. 
So I yeah. don't really see any point in drastically changing the size that they got. They were better off having two plans, one to develop, which is, in all honesty, that's like five, ten years. Yeah. Long term um, plan. Exactly. And, plan, short term and then plan. you, yeah. So and then you have the plan, which is the current squad, and how do they get the best out of this current squad to win enough tests to keep them up there and keep them competitive? So it's not so drastic when these new guys come through. I'd say it's two separate things altogether now. It's almost like the current test squad is completely separate to the future, which is what it is. There are several players who've got three, four years left. Some are on the way out. Some are new, but there isn't anyone else coming in. So I'd say stick with them for the English summer, see where we tour. Um, you probably have 20 players play over the next two years, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Change, like trying people out. That's how I see it. I think, I think Joe Root will step down at some point. It might not be until after the tour of the West Indies, but I think he'll step down as captain. Someone has uh, to establish themselves before he can. I think that's the problem. I think, yeah, but I think I think he will come. To, or, yeah, yeah, but I think he'll come to the point that actually the captaincy won't do him any good, and, he'll, and he will start to t- deteriorate as a batsman if you're not careful, if he can focus on that. And I think that Silverwood will either move aside or have somebody else come in. But probably Boris Johnson will take over as head of selectors. <laughs> well, he'll be looking for a job soon. Exactly. <laughs> no, I just think yeah, it's if they don't make any changes, then they've learned nothing. I don't think they'll happen yeah. quickly. I agree with Will on that, but I think they have to make changes to the way the selection is done. Mm. And it'll you know, be and back. That, it'll be back ground staff, won't it? Yeah. Change. It won't be the current squad. I don't think. Atting coach is that Graham Thorpe? Yeah. Mm. Is yeah. he going to lose his job after everything that's <coughs> probably they've been talking about? But... Probably, but I think Silverwood's reign needs to be his his dominance needs to be reduced. If that makes sense. Well, why why has the ECB not come out like you? You're at your lowest point. The English cricket team at the moment is at the lowest point they've probably been for a hell of a long time. Why has the ECB not grabbed this and said we're going to gut the game from the inside out? All right, and just rebuild. Australia did that in the early eighties. We were Kim Hughes was captain, and and you know we couldn't beat anyone. We're lucky Papua New Guinea didn't play cricket at the time. I think you know. I think I think (laughs) a lot of the problem is is that a lot of the uh, a lot of the turkeys have the vote as to whether Christmas is going to go ahead, and the problem is is that Mm. they're intelligent enough not to do that really, and. The problem is, if it does, there's, there's still enough people who are vocal enough, who are the main people who are vocal in cricket. I mean, it's starting to change slightly, and the main people who are talking about it are the ones who are <coughs> following England around more than people yeah. who follow the county system, which is the thing. You know, I, you talk about Agnew and Hussein and people like this, and when they talk about new players coming into the England side, they have to really do their research because obviously they spend so much time touring. Yeah. Um, they don't really get to see what's going on in county cricket. And so, you know, your Agnews and that lot, they're all the people who are calling for the change. But obviously then the people who die are cricket fans, you know, they're necessarily affiliated with the county side and things like this. And yeah. for, my oh, end, for my end, I'm from Shropshire. Uh, I'm a Yorkshire fan and I love Yorkshire. And, but I'm from Shropshire. So I understand the fact that there are some clubs who are going, oh, well, you know, we're this and that. And it's like, well, you, you get about, what, 20 more fans turn up to your game than Shropshire probably do. Who gives a fly in? You know what I mean? If, you know, I if you Shropshire have to go through the same... Yeah, you, 
you know what I mean, than some of these clubs. And it's just a bit like, who cares? You know what I mean? You join yeah. everyone else. You know, you no longer play clubs like Shropshire anymore in the in the cup competition, you know, and you went and did your own thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, it's, it's what's got to happen to move forward just because, you know, you, you can still, you can, you can still be the county that you want to be, you know, you can still do that. You can still have the county championship as it is, but you, you know, you can, I think you can take out everyone, I think, but um, you've still got yeah. time to invent a new shorter format that nobody else will play. So that's always yeah. a plan. I know it's, well, it's just, it's just the thing. It's too much, it's too much cricket going on, but not enough high standard potentially, you know, yeah. but again, it's, it's a story for another day, time, and I think we've been through that enough. Again, if you want to listen to that, you can listen to our previous podcast. But um, anyway, please, all, and please do, <laughs> please do. Yeah. Um, all that it leaves me to say is, well, thank you very much, guys. And uh, every episode has kind of felt like a bit of a therapy session. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not for, for me. Graham, I've enjoyed, enjoyed it. it for you. You've been sat there enjoying <laughs> it. <a> therapist. <laughs> Tasting our tears. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got a whole bucket full of anyone needs me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, this is it for the men's ashes podcast, at least. We'll we'll see what happens with the other ashes. I mean, Eve Jones has been performing well, so you never know if she, she makes a side it. But I don't know. Maybe it was the podcast that jinxed it. So maybe she would just leave it alone and let the women do really well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Cal Corner should just do should just stop doing podcasts about about Inga Cooker. Hey, hey, oh no, but we'll we'll definitely be back, and I've really enjoyed doing these, and um, hopefully, yeah, we'll we'll come back and we'll do it. We'll we'll um, we'll definitely get something organised again. And um, Ian, I'll be I'll be seeing you on the extra podcast, which we'll be recording next week. And Will, we'll, I'll be seeing you soon for the Birmingham League podcast. And Greg, I will definitely be seeing you sometime as a as a guest, hopefully on another podcast. But um. Anyway, in the meantime, all that leaves me to say is thank you very much, guys, for listening. And also thank you very much, guys, for coming on and uh, sharing your opinions every, uh, every episode. So thank you very much, Ian. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Will. Cheers. Thank you very much, Graham. Cheers, boys. It's been fun. Thank you very much. This has been another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can uh, follow the podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Until next time, goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 